The Daily Tap is live. For Monday, we were talking about how we can avoid 2008 again with Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers. We'll get into that. We'll talk a little bit about how the bye week treated the Green Bay Packers. We'll also talk about the Milwaukee Bucks' uneven weekend. Had a snuck one out in Dallas, and then Houston was a disaster. We had Middleton injury. And then we will introduce Wisconsin winners and losers for the weekend. We had some fun stuff there. Kind of a new segment. We're going to test it out. We'll see how it goes. And that'll be today's show. Uh, so excited. A little different on a Monday with no Packer game. We're also not going to have a Packer game next Monday. Uh, Tuesday will be more of that Packer focus podcast with the game on Monday night. But. Before I get going, just a reminder, make sure you're following along on social media, tapping the keg on Twitter, tapping the keg sports on Instagram, as well as TikTok and Facebook. Make sure that you are subscribed on whether it's Apple, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Uh, If you're already subscribed, you can leave a review. As I've said a few times now, getting probably repetitive with it. It would be the best Christmas gift to keep giving reviews or at least tell people, here's another thing you could do. If you don't want to give a review, if you're like, you know what? I don't want to give a review. It takes too much time. Whatever. Uh, you can make whatever excuse you want in the book. I get it. I've never actually written a review for a podcast. So I did do understand it. Like I'm leveling with you. I'm giving you another option. This is what this is the kind of ideas that I have here. Talk about us at a Christmas party. Talk about us at a family gathering. Be like, you know what? I've been digging this Tabby the Keg Sports. Like, if you guys listen to this, it's a little different. Uh, it's, you know, it's kind of talks about all Wisconsin sports. It's not just Packers. It's not just Bucks. It's not just Brewers. It's everything. Uh, and I think you guys would really like it. That's what you could do. Talk about us at Christmas. Get people subscribed. More people we get in, the better it is, the bigger we grow, and we take over the world. All right, <laughs> let's talk about the Love and Rogers relationship as we got some spicy news over the weekend. On Friday, in a random podcast, and then I became a Wisconsin State Journal article for Jason Wildey, he talked about how Jordan Love basically says he wants to trade if Aaron Rodgers is coming back for another season. That Jordan Love is done being a backup and he is ready to stretch his legs somewhere else. This news is not surprising, right? And something I had hinted at with Mitch, I think two weeks ago, uh, when we did tabbing the keg, and I said, you know, at some point, Jordan Love is going to want to do his own thing. And that in the era of player empowerment, there is no way that Jordan Love would just stand still. Now, Mitch pushed back. It was more of a devil's advocate. I wouldn't even say it was Mitch pushing back. It was like, well, maybe he's happy with that. But it's apparently he's not. Apparently he is like, this is it. And you're going to basically choose between me or the old guy, aka Aaron Rodgers. And that puts the Green Bay Packers in a very precarious spot. According to Wildey's article, Aaron Rodgers would have done the exact same thing in 2008 had Brett Favre not retired and would have put the Packers with their feet to the fire and said it's either me or him. So Rodgers is well-versed in this. They also have the same agent, which is convenient and I do think will work out in their favor because this is actually eerily similar to the Jimmy Garoppolo, Tom Brady situation years and years ago where same agent, Don Yee, and Jimmy Garoppolo gets traded to the San Francisco 49ers and it was basically because Tom Brady was still really good at his job and he had multiple years left left in New England and it all worked out for the better. 
This is a little bit stickier. Can the agent of Jordan Love talk to him about, hey, hold on one more year and it's your team and we'll get you paid and we'll get you compensated like you are going to be the next starter of the Green Bay Packers. Maybe it's a short-term deal and then you can turn around and sign an even bigger deal after that short-term deal is up. Who knows what that could entail, right? But they have a good relationship. Rodgers has mentioned that he is basically the older brother to Jordan Love, or he feels like an older brother to Jordan Love. Maybe not he is the older brother, but he feels like that. He feels like that's the type of relationship they have. And as I pointed out, you know, you don't just call anyone your brother. Like when you call someone your brother, you mean that you have a love for that person akin to a family member. And I have friends who I would consider brothers. I have friends who are just friends, right? Uh, there is a line in the sand for sure. And Green Bay has now put themselves in a very awkward situation and very predictable if I, I don't say so myself. And that I'm not really sure Brian Gunakus is ready for it. And we can talk about Goody at another time. It's more about Love and Rogers, but Goody factors in here because he mismanaged the Devontae Adams succession plan pretty poorly. Now, granted, Christian Watson has been good. Romeo Dobbs has been good in, in spurts, right? And the idea of Dobbs and Watson next year seems like it could be a rocket ship and they could take off and take Green Bay back to new heights and that this is a one-year blip on the radar for the Green Bay Packers. You could also make an argument if you really wanted to get delusional and sicko with it that Green Bay is getting healthy at the right time and they could peak their way all the way to the playoffs as crazy as that fucking sounds. I fully understand that. But is Brian Gunak, but, but my problem with Gunakus and Adams was that he didn't have that veteran receiver ready to go. He didn't sign somebody that would have just steadied the tide in case somebody got hurt. He basically played it out like, oh, Dobbs and Watson are going to be healthy and we're going to run shit. And Sammy Watkins is that guy, forgetting that Sammy Watkins is about as washed up as anybody could get. He looks like Mickey Rourke in The Wrestler. That's how washed up Sammy Watkins is right now. And so he he didn't take advantage of that. So how am I supposed to believe that Brian Gunacus is ready for this Rogers Love clash, if you will, next off season? Will you find a team that is willing to trade it for Aaron Rodgers? I don't know, man. That's gonna be extremely, extremely hard, right? That contract is absolutely massive for Aaron Rodgers. And it is not one that is easily moved. Some of the teams who have a ton of cap space could obviously take on that Aaron Rodgers contract and teams that are looking to fast track and try to win quickly could use the services of Aaron Rodgers with draft picks to come on the other side of it. Or will the Packers have to hold on for dear life that Jordan Love does not become the next Brett Favre? That's the scary part, right? That is the, that's the one that just hangs out there. If you trade Jordan Love, you believe that he is on the level of Matt Schaub, Jimmy Garoppolo, and a few others that have got traded from, a, from another team, right? When you trade a quarterback, there is an internal belief that you do not think that guy is going to level up. I think the best example of it falling flat on your face is the Miami Dolphins who thought Drew Brees could not be a NFL quarterback or would not have a sustained career because of the shoulder injury he had. 
Golden State took a chance. They won a Super Bowl. They were one of the more successful franchises of the last 20 years because of Drew Brees. So you get rid of Jordan Love, there is a chance that Jordan Love's trajectory could be Drew Brees. But if you feel in your heart of hearts and the way you analyze and the way you scout that another guy could be the heir apparent to Aaron Rodgers, then you do it. I think here is the part that scares me and why I am more on the side of love than I am Rodgers because I just worry if you were to draft somebody else and there are quarterbacks available, right? This is a a solid quarterback draft. It's a deep quarterback draft. Like Jake Hayner is a guy from Fresno State. Jake Hayner is probably going to be, he might be a late first round pick, but he's probably going to be a second or third round guy. I'm not, I haven't even looked at mock drafts, so I could be way off. And Murph, my guy, might correct me on this. But you could draft a guy like Jake Hayner out of Fresno State. From He worked with Jeff Tedford. Obviously, there would be a relationship there with Aaron Rodgers. They would probably become fast friends if they don't already talk because Tedford and Rodgers have a very good relationship. Tedford was Rodgers' coach at Cal. So Jake Hayner comes in, and Jake Hayner maybe is the heir apparent. Would Jake Hayner be ready to go next year if Aaron Rodgers decides to retire after the 2023 season? Would that be something that would be on the table for the Packers quarterback? Or would you go after a guy like Stenson Bennett in the later rounds? Like I actually think Stenson Bennett's going to be an NFL quarterback. I Maybe I'm delusional on that, but I truly think Stenson Bennett has a future. Now, Stenson Bennett's very old, so I understand the... You, you know, there's something where it's like a put up or shut up thing. Like, if Sensei Bennett is just going to be Chase Daniel, great, whatever. But if you think like Sensei Bennett actually does have a future and they believe the same way I do, then yeah, maybe that's an area of opportunity as well. I'm not sure. But I, I look at this and I, I just think that if they're going to move on from Jordan Love, they have to have somebody who is going to be maybe ready to go next year. And that just... That's it's scary to me. Like that, it just is. Like I just feel like you have a sure thing. You, maybe not a sure thing. I shouldn't say it that way. But you have a guy in Jordan Love that looks the part at least. There, Darius Slay, right after the Philly game, was like, "Yeah, this guy looks like the next one. Like he looks like he is the next guy up for Green Bay." And if you have guys like Darius Slay saying that, Devondre Campbell said he's probably an NFL starter, and you know, a, for a lot, a few teams, I think he said. So it's like, all right, that's one part of this. The other part of it, and this is why I'd be more in favor of trading Rodgers than I would Jordan Love, is because a lot of NFC teams need quarterbacks. There's not a lot of AFC teams that need quarterbacks. And typically when this type of thing happens, they are more likely to move outside of the conference because they don't want to be faced with a situation where they're staring down the barrel of a back of their quarterback from le- from years past facing them in a championship game to potentially win it. So what would you rather have? Would you rather have Aaron Rodgers for maybe a year, two years, potentially getting to the NFC Championship, potentially getting to the Super Bowl, maybe having to face Aaron Rodgers as a visitor, or Jordan Love tormenting your franchise for the next 10 years? I feel like you would go with the former versus the latter. And because you just look at the teams that need quarterbacks and it's not a AFC friendly thing because a lot of them are set. The New York Jets do need a quarterback. And I, I do think the Jets would have legitimate interest in Aaron Rodgers. 
I, I know absolutely nothing about that. But it, it's all too perfect. It's all setting up. The Jets also trying to compete with the Giants, who also need a quarterback, right? The Giants could look up. But I think the Giants would be less on the idea of Aaron Rodgers than maybe the Jets might. And they might pay Danny Dimes, right? They might give Danny Dimes a two- or three-year deal. Like, if I were the Giants, I, w- I would do that. Because what if it goes sideways next year and you get a chance to draft Caleb Williams? And then basically Brian Dable has Josh Allen all over again. That's awesome, right? It's exactly what you would want. But uh, to continue, like, there's a lot of NFC teams that need, like, Carolina needs a quarterback. New Orleans needs a quarterback. Uh, I could even, you could even argue the Rams might need a quarterback. Stafford could retire, and maybe it's Baker Mayfield, maybe it's somebody else, but they could need a quarterback. Uh, it's, it's very bare in the AFC. It's the Jets, and then it's kind of nobody. You could make the case for Baltimore, because if they decide to get rid of Lamar Jackson, but if they get rid of Lamar Jackson, then all these teams that we just mentioned, all of a sudden the market is completely fucked for either Rodgers or Love. Could the Pittsburgh Steelers say, all right, we want to just do two years of Rodgers and try to basically fast track this and have Kenny go behind Aaron Rodgers? Maybe, but Kenny Pickett's fucking old. Do you really want to deal with that? I always thought that Jordan Love was a Pittsburgh destination before they drafted Kenny Pickett, but that flew out the window. In the NFC South, AFC South, yeah, if you could get off Tannehill's contract, maybe you go after Rodgers, whatever your new GM looks like, right? But you have Malik Willis back there. I don't think Malik Willis is ready to be an NFL quarterback next year, or a starter, excuse me. But I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I see that. So that's, therein lies all of the questions. And as somebody who has been more on Rodgers' side and been more defensive of Rodgers, I think, than I ever have been, I, I am a realist and I understand what's ahead of us. And if that's going to be the ultimatum, then you try to look to move Aaron Rodgers. And I'm sorry to Aaron Rodgers, they didn't get a chance to play with Dobbs and Watson at full strength. And maybe he'll get that opportunity for a few weeks and the Packers run shit. And if they come up short, it's gonna there's gonna be a ton of what-ifs. This is a big time what-if season. And the schedule just did not break our way. I was thinking about this today. I nearly tweeted it out, I didn't. But like think about this. Like the Jets, for example, right? I think the Jets would be good at any time, but you could have got that late stage Zach Wilson, right? And that would have been ample opportunity to play the Jets and not the week after Aaron Rodgers broke his thumb, number two. You you got Taylor Heineke instead of Carson Wentz. They could have got Carson Wentz. That probably is a win if you're facing Carson Wentz. Uh, what's another one that I was thinking? Oh, like the Lions a little bit. The Lions were in a free fall and then the Lions sort of turned it around right against you. Like you could have faced the Lions a little bit earlier. The Giants, who are a complete fucking mess right now. They were a mess in week five. The vibes were on fire for the New York Giants. But now, if they had the Giants this week, everybody would be licking their chops to play that team. And that's just the nature of NFL sometimes. And that that has not worked in the Packers' favor. And it's been a while since I can remember something happening happening like this for Green Bay. So yes, Aaron Rodgers might be robbed of that opportunity in 2023. And it's unfortunate, and I think we all feel bad for him But we have to look at the future here. We can't necessarily say, okay, 
we're going to do one more year because we truly, truly believe we're going to win the Super Bowl. And if you want to go all out, you want to go less need, fuck them picks, and try to win a Super Bowl, I think a lot of fans can get behind it. I will preface, and I say it all the time, and, we got, and the loyal listeners, people who've listened to me for a while, are probably sick of hearing it. It's really fucking hard to win a Super Bowl. All right? It's not easy. It doesn't just happen overnight. Steve Cohen's going to try to win a World Series by paying everybody for the Mets. But again, it's really fucking hard to win a championship. It's not just a, a Super Bowl. It's, 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 hard. it's just hard to win a championship. It's rarely that you can buy your way through it. The Rams were able to for a myriad of reasons. We would have kicked the Rams' ass in the NFC Championship game. It was a bad draw, and I will go to my grave on that. I'll go to my grave on David Bakhtiari plays. We beat Tampa. There's a, a reasonable case that Green Bay already has three Super Bowls. Aaron Rodgers retired, and Jordan Love has been our quarterback all year. It's a world that, that exists out there. It's not our world. Maybe it's in the metaverse. Maybe it's somewhere else. But, yeah, it, it's really frustrating. And... I really just hope that they make the right decision. I don't know if there is a wrong decision. I think it's going to be debated for the next 10 years. There are going to be Rogers people. There are going to be love people. It's going to get nasty. It's going to get ugly. I think what I would recommend everybody doing is just making sure that you have all the facts on both sides and you can understand both sides of the coin and be ready to be a Packer fan no matter what because that's what you are. That's what you grew up doing and you can continue to do. And if you don't want to do that, get the fuck out. We don't need you. Other Packer talk before we move to the Milwaukee Bucks. The bye week treated us okay. I wouldn't say that we won the bye week. Uh, PFT commenter bar of Barstool and Parma Take loves to do like, who won the bye week or they won the bye week. Uh, he's a Commanders fan and they actually their odds dramatically increased to make the playoffs. So he will be bragging about them winning the bye week on part of my take Monday. But I would say for the Packers, it was a two and two day from a games of need. We did that hater guide on Thursday show and the Giants and Seahawks not only lost, they both look like they're on the free fall of a collapse. They do not look like playoff teams at all. And that part has to be very exciting for Packer fans and for Lions fans and for other fans because there is not a world that I can see the Giants winning another football game this year. And same really goes for the Seahawks. I think both of them are dead in the water. I am so mad that I put Cleveland with Jacksonville and Carolina in a money line parlay. I'm like, if I just put the Chargers in there, and I don't know what I was thinking about the Miami Dolphins. I That was a bad one. And the Dolphins, again, I I think I mentioned this in last week's show, but like I always associate the Dolphins with failure in December. Shout out to Dan Marino. Like I can't get it out of my head. I've had it forever, and I, I still feel that way. But back to the Giants and Seahawks. I I mean, it's I, I am a little bit biased, and I, I kind of hope for the free fall, but how can you – Look at the last few games of what happened and just think like this team's gonna just completely right the ship. Like my dad has a saying of the law of large averages and he always says it when things are kind of not going right and all of a sudden it evens itself out. And that's kind of what we're seeing here with the Giants. The Giants have now lost, they've lost four of their last five. 
they have a tie in there and they have a one score win against the Houston Texans. That's it. Since their 23 to 17 win over the Jaguars that they pulled out of their ass to end the season and they are now 7-5 and 1. They have to go to Washington on a Sunday night. First Sunday night game of significance for Washington. That crowd will be crazy and I think because they know the Snyders are going to sell the team. I think there is kind of life back in that Washington fan base that hasn't been there in forever. So you have that. Then you go to Minnesota. Minnesota still trying to close the door on the division. It is not entirely closed. And if there's anything that Minnesota loves doing, it's letting others hang around and think they have a chance. I wouldn't say Minnesota's in a free fall, but that is the fraud bowl between Minnesota and the Giants. But still, that's a tough one. So that if you lose both those games, you're at seven and seven. And then you have the Colts and the Eagles. Now the Colts is one that could be easy, but Jeff Saturday, I think, is going to have the guys working till the end. And then the Eagles might not have anything to play for. And you might get lucky there. But that Colts game is going to decide a lot. That is, that's going to be the one for the Giants, where you look at it. And I know we'll we'll talk a little bit more about the simulator and how I feel about it. But yeah, that one is going to kind of be where the rubber meets the road. As for the Seahawks, who are in a similar free fall, they're seven and six. They have now lost three of their last four. Their road is not easy at all. There's a better chance the Seahawks lose out versus the Giants. Seahawks have the Niners on Thursday night in San Francisco. I was like, well, Brock Purdy, first first night game going to Seattle. But Seattle's run defense has all of a sudden sprung 100 leaks. They're like the Titanic. They are sinking. Then they have to go to Kansas City. Then home to play the Jets. Ultimate Geno Smith revenge game. Everybody's going to be on Geno Smith revenge game. That'll be the talking topic on New Year's Day. But... The Jets are a significantly better team than the Seahawks. And then home against the Rams, who they were going to fight with last week without Baker Mayfield. And the Rams have nothing to lose in that game. The Rams don't need to sit anybody because the Lions have their pick. So Rams are going to play their dicks off in that game. So yes, they do have three of the last four at home is the good news for Seattle. But the home field advantage is not what it used to be. They've lost now two straight games at home to the Raiders and Chargers and gave up a combined 70 points. I think the Seahawks have a better chance of not winning another game versus what we have with the Giants. Now, moving to the other bad parts of the bye, this, the second part of this, there's no signs of stopping San Francisco. I'm not going to even consider that San Francisco falls apart. San Francisco is a wagon. And... I like San Francisco a little bit better than I do the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I think right now, if I had to like power pull it, it is the Niners. It's the Eagles and the Niners, or the Niners and the Eagles. Then a tier below, it's the Cowboys. Then I'd put the Vikings and the rest of it, right? And maybe I'd put the Lions in there. So Lions continue to win games. And I told you guys this. If you remember the first simulator we did, I said, watch out. The Lions could go on a run, and that wouldn't be great for the Packers because of the Lions having the tiebreaker, or at least for the moment. The Lions are going to get a ton of hype tomorrow. 
They're going to be, I think, the lead story on a first take. I think they're going to be uh, – the Chargers might get some of it, but and I think Brady getting blown out is going to be some of it. But I think the Lions are one of the top three headlines for a first take, get up, undisputed, Simmons, uh, part of my take. Like I think those there's going to be a ton of Lions talk tomorrow. All setting up for the Lions to lose to the Jets. You all know, if it's same old Lions, I was telling my dad this last, I uh, texting him today, and I was like, if it's the Lions, I know. Everyone's going to build up the Lions. The Lions will probably be favored on the road against the Jets. I haven't even looked. I, I try not to. As a fan of Guess the Lions, I, I try to keep it, keep it so I just find out when Simmons and Sal do, but we're going to look for my the sake of it. Let's see here. What do we think? It's even. It's a pick em. Pussies. Um, but yeah, it's uh, the interesting, man. Uh, we'll see. And maybe they get lucky. Maybe it's not Mike White in a quarterback. I don't even know who the Jets' backup was today. I was on the bike, no big deal, working out while I was watching football. And the Jets brought in that backup, and it wasn't Zach Wilson. I'm like, who the fuck is this quarterback? Because I didn't know. Oh, it was Flacco. It was a bad Flacco had one. He did have a pass attempt. He fumbled. He got sacked. Uh, and I mean, the hit that Mike White took, Jesus Christ, that was that was nasty. Not great. Uh, but yeah. Anyways, uh, I I didn't really. I, I can't believe I forgot that it was Flacco. I'm like, you guys are probably listening. And you're like, it's Flacco, dude. It's Flacco. But anyways. Two and two, I'll take it. Uh, hopefully, Mike White's okay to play against the Lions next week because, yeah, I think that game is going to matter. And hopefully, we get to see that. Sometimes they they do us dirty on the Lions. And I was also thinking about this too. Why haven't the Lions and Vikings been on been on like the the, the a prime time like a Thursday night or like a Monday night game? Like they always play like high high scoring games, like fit for TV, right? I think we'll, well, we'll probably get Eagles-Bears, right? I think we probably get Eagles-Bears over Lions-Jets, but we'll see. Um, either one. Oh, no. Well, Jets, Lions-Jets-CBS. So maybe we'll get Lions-Jets on CBS. Eagles-Bears on Fox, I would imagine. And then the primetime. Oh, we get to watch the Buccaneers again. Oh, yay. Titans-Chargers is a better game, honestly. Um, although Titans, talk about freefall. Another team that, oof. We'll see. Again, and that's another team, like, I mentioned about the Packers, but it's like, imagine playing Tennessee this week versus, like, three weeks ago. Whatever, man. It's just, shit's going to bother me. So, anyways, it was a decent bye week. Um, anytime Minnesota loses, it's good, but I wish it was against another team. And Minnesota, again, if, if you want to prove people you're not frauds, don't lose these kind of games. And don't lose them by a significant margin either. Just a thought. Anyways, moving on to basketball, uh, we have the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, the Bucks, Bucks again, as mentioned at the Open, they had an even weekend. Uh, they beat Dallas. It was exciting. It was a game that easily could have been a loss, but they snuck out a win. It was a really fun game. Uh, down the stretch, the Bucks finding a way to win. Giannis fouled out three minutes left or so. The referees were terrible, but the Bucks grinded out that win and won 106 to 105. Then they play Houston in a classic sandwich game, right? They have Golden State on Tuesday. They have Memphis on Thursday. They have Utah on Saturday. And then they have the New Orleans Pelicans on Monday. So sandwiched in there is the little old Rockets where it's like, okay, your 10-point favorite on the road. Just take care of business and win this basketball game. That's all I got to do. 
uh, did not go well. Bucks scored 92 points. They looked pretty lifeless altogether. No one really had anything going. I mean, except for Bipartisanus. Bipartisanus had 17 and 15 in this one. Uh, but yeah, it was a brutal loss for the Bucks, and they lose Chris Middleton. And it was just one of those games where you have to you have to kind of just come with it every day. And it's just a good reminder that if you don't come with it every day, you can get beat. And they had opportunities to kind of just pull away and close the door on Houston, and they just didn't. They just refused to. And Houston then would make some buckets, and then they had it, right? Like, And it was a very frustrating game, but I'm happy they were able to beat Dallas. Boston did lose this weekend to Golden State, so they didn't lose a ton of ground. And I, I, we shouldn't really be doing this with Boston, but we kind of have to, right? And... I'm not ready to freak out about the Bucks' offense. Mitch mentioned this in a chat, so I'm stealing it from him a little bit. But I, I am a little worried that every game seems to be a grinder and every game seems to be in the hundreds and the you know maybe a 110 here and there. But when have we really seen a Bucks sort of offensive explosion? It's been a while. And I think that's starting to creep in a little bit where you got to – you gotta just at least acknowledge that the Bucks just need to kind of find what makes what rhythm. But you could also argue that they haven't really found. I guess the Kings they had one that was probably the Kings was like the best version of it that we've seen. But we and the Lakers for that matter they lost to the Lakers. Like those were two examples where and the Mavericks. Okay, so I guess the I argue my own point. It's like they can they show it off sometimes, but they don't they don't always do it. Like. They, they they have it in them, but it, it just doesn't it doesn't come out all the time. It's kind of like that buddy that you know can kind of let it loose, but and, and have fun and be be a guy that you want to drink with, want to have a good time with. But every now and again, it's just uh, it's kind of mopey. He's kind of just not in his phone, doesn't really want to talk, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, we got a good night out of this dude. We we got the the night we wanted. That's kind of what we got with the Bucks offense. It's it's really trick-or-treat at this point. And I, I hope it evens out. I hope they go through a stretch where it all starts clicking. And I think part of it is just Bud has not been able to really get his rotations down, right? Like there was no Marjan Bochamp tonight. I think partly due to the flu stuff. You had Chris Middleton go out with an injury, which we'll touch on here in a second. But like it, I do hope that it gets better. I think defensively they have it covered. They're great there. It's just it has to come offensively, and hopefully it will in these next few games when it gets really tough. And I just would, I will just recommend before we go on to Middleton, I'll just recommend Bucks fans take a chill pill this week. Okay, this might not be the best week, and if it isn't, ride it out. All right, it's a long fucking season. All right, we can't can't just be great the entire time and I, I i realize you're like charlie this is loser mentality i'm not saying i i think the bucks are gonna lose all three this week i'm just saying if they do go one and two or they do you know lose one they shouldn't well i think utah would be one you shouldn't lose you're at home utah is good they're not they're not at your level you should beat utah that to me would be the worst loss of the three. If I had to, if I had to rank it, like if it was Mary fuck killing losses, um, that would be the fuck or the kill. Excuse me, I, I screwed it up myself. But yes, I 
I think that this is going to be a tough week, but yeah, this should be it should be interesting. And it's a good measuring stick week at week, really. Uh, Jazz probably not a finals team, but you could make a case for the Warriors, obviously, the Grizzlies, and then the Pelicans next week, aka the ninety-five Magic. I've not heard that yet. I want to hear it. I want somebody to use it. I might have to just start floating it out on Twitter and seeing if it it makes sense. I I, I think it does, um, but maybe I have to deep dive a little bit more. I don't know if they have a penny. Um, but I do think like Pelicans to me remind me a lot of that 95 Magic team that were just everyone was like wow ah, they're young I don't know can they actually make a run and then they did and then they made it to the finals and you know again we'll be a lot closer Nick Anderson made some free throws there's a good uh, 30 for 30 on that too if you if you guys are younger you don't remember the 95 Magic which makes me feel fucking old but if you don't remember the Magic um, there's a yeah a really good ESPN documentary and then after watching you'll probably want a blue uh, magic jersey Shaq most notably probably from our guy Retro Daddy like the the light blue magic jerseys from the 90s were so fucking sick I had one I loved it um, I wore it to a sock hop one time um, everyone else was wearing like greaser gear or uh, poodle skirts um, men and women and well boys and girls for that matter and I wore a Orlando Magic jersey. I did not give a fuck. And I was just like, I don't I don't care. I'm wearing my Magic jersey. So everyone's like, why are you wearing a Magic jersey? I, I don't really remember a lot of it, right? But yeah, just, you know, sometimes you just got to do things differently, man. Um, you just got to break the mold. And that could probably be pointed that if you're like, if you're doing the championship DVD of my life, you're like, that's when it started where Charlie just let his sports obsession take, take it a little too far. Yeah, that's, that's, Say it right there. And that's why we're taping a podcast at fucking 1230, 12.50 in the morning. But here but here nor there. We're riding riding high in the vibes. Anyways, Chris Middleton, he got hurt. Uh, went out with an ankle injury. Um, Middleton has only been back for a few games. Um, so with an ankle injury, I do wonder, uh, since he had a knee injury, obviously, during the Bull series, if they are just taking precaution, uh, making sure that Middleton's okay. Um, I think pushing it against a team like the Rockets it's probably not needed or just in the middle of the regular season. Like even if Middleton went down in the Celtics game, I would not advocate to have Chris Middleton out there. Not at least in the first one. If it's tied, if the series is tied to, or it's 2-1 to the Bucks, and they could have home court advantage if they have, there's a tiebreaker with them in Boston. Yeah, I want Chris Middleton back out there. And there was a picture of Middleton after the game with somebody he looked, didn't look like he was in a walking boot. Uh, he went into the stands, took a picture with them. So, like, I know that's, like, a really minor thing, but it seems like Chris Middleton's fine. It seems like the Bucks were just like, you know what? We're playing the Rockets. We decided not to rest anybody. We're going to just rest Chris Middleton because why not? And hopefully he's ready to go for Golden State. Uh, that would be a bummer if he wasn't. But maybe it's just one game missing and then he's back. I, I'm not going to worry at all until probably the Jazz. Like if it's if he's if he's still out by now, if he's still out by New Orleans, like if he misses that New Orleans game, which is next Monday, if he misses that, then then I would start to start to kind of hit that panic button. And I'd be like, okay, what's going on here? Uh Drew had a bad ankle injury and that lasted I think about a week. But if Bud's saying it's minor, I I will choose to believe that and hopefully we'll get Middleton back. But yeah, we, we will not talk about this Bucks Rockets game. This is probably 
the worst loss of the season, I would say. Let's see. The Bulls at home, not great. I was, I was thinking about it. I was like, is this how bad is this loss? Oh, uh, they didn't lose. I mean, losing to the Spurs, even though it was the JV team, not only losing the Spurs, but losing the Spurs by nearly 20 points. That I think it's going to be hard to uh, top that one. That will. That's right now number one. I would put this one as the second worst loss of the season for the Bucks. All right. Let's wrap up today's show with Wisconsin winners and losers. This is a new segment. I'm trying it out. Uh, I always wanted to do like a who won Wisconsin, who lost Wisconsin every day. Uh, that was something I wanted to do. And it was going to be like, uh, it was even before like Reels and TikTok, which you can follow to having the Cake Sports as a reminder. But, oh, excuse me. But it just never panned out. Uh, I wanted it to be Instagram story. I was just like, you know what? Not every day can you have somebody win Wisconsin and have somebody lose Wisconsin. It requires some research and require and the losing part was always hard. And I want to emphasize when we talk about losers, it's not that you are an actual loser. It's just yeah, you you lost the game or you're there's a reason why I'm calling you this. Some of them are actual losers um, that are just assholes and need to be called out, but typically it's just, hey, yeah, you're, you took an L this weekend and that's, that's all it is. So let's get into it. Um, this is a work in progress. Feedback, always welcome. Tabby the Keg Sports on Instagram, Tabby the Keg on Twitter. You can let me know if there's something you would do differently with this, but we're going to go three and three and that's how we're going to swing it. All right. So number one, Marquette, uh, absolute winner here. I would put Cam Jones, also Iguodara in there. Marquette goes in in Notre Dame and kicks the living shit out of the Fighting Irish. We didn't talk about it a lot on Friday's show. I think I mentioned like it was a pretty solid sports Sunday. I actually watched a lot of sports today. I was kind of amazed by it. Usually at some point my wife's like, okay, I want to watch a show or whatever, Yellowstone, Sex Like College Girl, something like that, right? She wants to watch something. And I was like, nope, she didn't, nope. It was, uh, I had the full control of the TV, which is nice. And enjoyed all the games and enjoyed that Marquette win greatly. Um, that was fantastic. That second half was better than Sacks. I mean, it was so good from the Golden Eagles and they just looked like the better team and took it to Notre Dame time and time again. They got 50 points in the paint. Oso Gudara had a 16 and 18 double-double. Uh, Cam Jones, another 20-point performance. Cam Jones, I said after the Wisconsin game, he's looking like the guy, and it continues to hold true. Uh, Cam Jones was extremely impressive, impressive in this game yet again. Uh, the only like downfall was the bullshit Joplin injection. There was no way that was a flagrant two. I couldn't believe that. But other than that, I mean, man, this is good stuff. And there are some people who feel like Marquette's the third best team in the Big East, and that. That's saying something, right? The fact that Marquette is getting that type of accolade is really exciting. And now they get a few few days off finals before facing Creighton on Friday night. And that place will be rocking. I kind of hope Creighton beats Arizona State tonight. Um, I don't really want Arizona State going on a five-game losing streak. But I actually kind of don't care at this point. Because I just think this place is going to lose their fucking mind. Um, and they're keeping these the residence halls open uh, because it's finals. So it's like usually they close down. Shocker's trying to convince a lot of people to stay. And I would recommend if you're a student listening to this pod and you do not stay for the Marquette game, you are fucking dead to me. That's that's how it goes, right? Like I that's how I feel. 
<laughs> I, I'm serious. Like I, I'm dead, dead serious that 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 is how I feel. But yeah, it's really exciting stuff here. And Mark has a chance to set it, send a statement early on to Georgetown, or I'm sorry, not to Georgetown, to Creighton. And you're playing Creighton at the right time, right? This is a great time to get them. Uh, they're really struggling. Uh, Bonner hasn't played in like four games on an undisclosed medical issue. Um, so who knows if he's going to be back for Arizona State or he's going to be back for the Marquette game. But yeah, Marquette has a real shot against that team and I cannot wait for it. And I do not like Creighton. I'm not a huge Creighton fan. So to get an opportunity to beat them would be a lot of fun. And I think it's been a while since Marquette has beat Creighton. Um, and we'll talk more about this matchup later this week. So yeah, they all oh, they had that double overtime loss on on January first. Oh, that made me want to. And then they lost by one in in Omaha. I mean, they owe they owe fucking Creighton. Okay, like just sim- simply put, we owe Creighton. Um, and I haven't liked a Marquette team this much in a long time. And so it's a lot of fun to feel like it's back. And I'm having a having a ball. I almost I looked at when they're playing Connecticut here. UConn is awesome. UConn to me is the best team in basketball right now, and they play them when I'm in Mexico. So we'll have to I'm with some Marquette kids during when I'm there. So maybe we'll try to uh, watch it while we're there if it's possible. But it's probably a little hard to get FS1 uh, there. But we'll tape it and I'll watch it when I get back. But yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate that I won't be there when UConn comes to town because that's an one you got to be there for. Another winner, uh, Wisconsin basketball. So staying college hoops, uh, Wisconsin basketball beats Iowa on the road, 78-75 in overtime. I didn't watch much of this game, hand up. Um, I Here's the thing. It's not that I don't want to watch Wisconsin. Um, it's just if I have other stuff to watch, the Bucks were on, I watch the Bucks instead. All right? So I've said open door policy. If someone wants to come on, talk Badgers with me once a week, that's, that's another thing. If someone wanted to do Badger talk once a week, we just picked a day where he came on and did 10 or 15 on the Badgers, I would, I'd be into it. Like You'd have to pick the topics, but I'd at least have a conversation and, and talk through it and you know make sure I'd, I'd pay a little more attention. But I have to give them credit for what they did, right? Tyler Wall with 21 points uh, was really solid in the game. Connor Seijan uh, with the late dunk, 14 points in this one and six rebounds from a Seijan. Uh, and I'm, and again, I'm just more Billy Mike box score reading here. But you have to, you at least have to acknowledge winning on the road in the Big Ten. It's not easy. I know they were, I know Iowa was without Chris Murray, and the Badgers sort of let a lead go late. You do wonder if that can kind of define. You don't want to say it's defining Wisconsin, but that's a disturbing trend, I guess. You know, it's now having back to back weekends, right? You've went into overtime. With Marquette, now you went to overtime with Iowa, but you came out ahead. It's another road win, too, for Wisconsin. Uh, and it's never too early to talk about your resume. And def- these these wins definitely help. So good win for the Badgers before taking a couple of games off, before getting back into Big Ten play. They, they're on easy street um, the rest of the week. Another winner is Neighborhood Draft. So what is Neighborhood Draft, you ask, if you're unfamiliar? It is a bar and grill uh, right on the outskirts of Tosa. It's technically Milwaukee. It's on 60th and Elite. My God, some of the best wings I have had in the city. Um, it is a Tompkins. Either it's an offshoot or it was a split. I'd have to, I didn't do the digging on it. Um, so if the people from Neighborhood Draft listen, uh, they'll probably be tagged. Um, that, that's kind of... 
I'd love the I'd love to hear the clarity on that one because it it tastes reminds me of Tompkins, but it's almost better. Like it was weirdly almost better than Tompkins. Like though they it was their own thing. It was Tompkins is known if you're no if you don't know Tompkins, you're not from the Milwaukee area. It's in West Dallas. They do like fried wings. They also do grilled wings. They're mostly known for their fried wings that are just wet. They're wet wings. And they're great and they're really good. They also do grilled, which is awesome. But so these are grilled. They're really meaty wings. We got, they were 10 wings, very cheap uh, for what, what prices are today with inflation and everything like that. And I was kind of worried. I'm like, 10 wings, is that really going to be enough? I usually, you know, I can hammer down 12, 16, whatever it may be. They were enough, man. They were huge, huge wings. Get the sauce on the side. You can pour the sauce on, make them wet if you want. Kind of dip them. I kind of was doing a dip of the sauce, then was going into my blue cheese because I'm blue cheese for life. If you're if you're ranch, you also can fuck right off. Like I I will stand on that hill forever. Like it's blue cheese or nothing. And so that was kind of my my routine. And it was great. Worked out well. I had their their chihola uh, secret stadium sauce. So basically, it was like stadium sauce you'd get at Miller Park or AmFam. And that's another one, by the way. I don't know if you guys realize, but I always screw up that. Um, and combined with chola, so I had a little bit of heat on it. It was great. It was fantastic. Um, everybody was impressed. Like the sweet potato fries were good. The mac and cheese was good. Had a jalapeno dip that was solid. Like no complaints. I'd go back next week. I really would. Uh, so I'm probably gonna try to go back sooner rather than later. Uh, but yeah, definitely a winner of the weekend for me. All right, for losers, to move on the other side of this, uh, I'm going to start with Chris Middleton betters. So I've been looking for Chris Middleton news. I got it from Jim Ostrowski, but I was kind of looking to see the video of the injury. So you type in Chris Middleton in Twitter. You have all of these fucking losers asking points bet, FanDuel, DraftKings to void their bets, void their Middleton bets. They lost money on Middleton, so it should be voided. And now it's something they've done. Uh, in the past, right? It, they kind of set a bad precedent for it. Uh, and they void bets all the time. This is the most loser fucking shit I have ever heard in my life. You lost a bet, okay? We've, it's all happened to us. Whether you're sports gamble or you just bet with your buddies, you bet with your significant other, people have lost bets forever and ever. Aaron, you know, Aaron Burr lost a bet to Alexander Hamilton and got fucking shot and died. Okay. We've been doing bets for a long time. Aaron Burr didn't ask to void his bet because Aaron, you know, Alexander Hamilton had a gun pointed at him. I don't even know if that's accurate. Somebody's going to probably fact check me on it, but doesn't matter. The fact of the matter is that Titanic, which referenced earlier, they made a bet they could get past that iceberg and they fucking didn't and they lost. They fucked around and found out. I understand Chris Middleton got hurt. I understand that's a bummer for you guys. But at the same time, I wagered on Pittsburgh today and in the thought that Kenny Pickett was going to be there. In the spark plug Steelers, Steelers get themselves back into the playoff hunt. Kenny Pickett goes down with a concussion early in the game and Mitch fucking Trubisky threw three picks. I'm not running to the window being like, hey, void my bet, void my bet. No, fuck that. Stupid, stupid stuff. Really annoying. Just grow up. And for the books too, stop stop giving into this shit. It's whatever. So anyways, that's a loser. 
Uh, also losers, Luca, Jason Kidd. Those guys, man. Holy shit. Both of them. Uh, Luca for just his consistent complaining. And I know I mentioned this last week, and I probably sound like a broken record, and my guy Cap's probably mad at me. But, like, he just cannot stop bitching, dude. Like, just settle down. Like, you don't need to be the messy of, of like, actual NBA, man. Just, just chill. Not a, Like, he's so grumpy out there. It's not fun to watch Luka. I, I, I am impressed with what Luka does. Like, Luka's dunk on Drew. Some of the shots he made was great, right? But, like, he, he's a ball hog. And someone mentioned that he's similar to Harden. And it is. It's, it's, we're starting to get to that point with Luka where it's, he's, he's a little friendlier version of James Harden. Like, the way he plays, it's a little more distributive. Um, and it's not so, like, foul-heavy. So I think that's what makes it a little bit better than Harden. But it's not that unsimilar. So, yeah, Jason Kidd just because, right? Um, he looks like year two Jason Kidd is back yet again. Uh, what we saw with the Bucks is happening yet again with the Dallas Mavericks. I think you're going to start hearing some Luka rumors soon. Like a Woj report or maybe a Shams report saying, oh, Luka... Luca's kind of looking at other places. Luca's looking at what's next um, in the NBA. And maybe it's, that's our first international superstar that leaves the team he got drafted by, which we just, it's never happened. It, it's crazy. There is a ton of history on it. I've talked, I talked about it a lot when Giannis was trying to decide where he was going to go, but maybe Luca's the first. The last loser who's not an actual loser, they just lost, is Wisconsin Volleyball. Uh, you know, got to give him credit, right? They got all the way to the regional finals, a spirited title defense. They lose the pit. I didn't know Pitt had a good women's volleyball team. I, I know nothing about women's volleyball. Uh, to quote the great, I forget her last name. What is, oh, I do know her last name. Fuck. The great Ruth from Ozark. What is her last name? Langmore. Shit. I knew that. Ruth Langmore. To quote the great Ruth, Ruth Langmore, I don't know fuck about shit when it comes to women's volleyball. But yeah, credit to Wisconsin. They fought. I mean, got to fifth set. Um, couldn't finish it. I, I will say there were some passionate fans at the neighborhood draft watching it. So I feel bad for those cats that they did not see a Badger, vic- Badger volleyball victory. Um, but yeah, it, uh, it's a bummer for them. And uh, there will be no Wisconsin representation in the final four for women's volleyball. Marquette ousted by Texas earlier this week. I guess women's volleyball should have just been the loser. Um, again, it's a work in progress, guys. We're, we'll work on this. We'll figure this out. We'll get it better. Uh, trust me. We'll, we'll have it there. Well, so much for me not having a short podcast on a non-Packer Monday because I had a lot to say, a lot to talk about. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys had fun. I'll be back tomorrow. Uh, we're going to do another keg jam this week. So excited for that. Excited to get into it with uh, Mr. Shaken. And then we're also going to do a tapping the keg. Uh, hopefully, some of you guys maybe checked out Mitch Madison potentially. Um, we'll uh, we'll discuss that and much more. And yeah, we'll be back tomorrow uh, with all sorts of different hijinks. And yeah, so we'll talk to you then. See you. Bye.